three. All right, folks, here we go. Another week is coming gone. It's another look back. We are looking back on Super Wild Card Weekend. Super. Now, before we start, it's just two of us tonight. Matt is, again, taking a, another vacation. Obviously, the parts, well, not parts unknown, but he's in another <laughs> country once again. Yeah. Doing whatever he likes to do. But mm -hmm. he, he, but he still put his input on this show, and he will still be influenced. He will not be on the preview either for this weekend on Friday's show, but he will have his input. So Matt's not – he's gone He's gone for the weekend, but he's not away from the sh from what we're talking about. He will return for next week's look back. But obviously, as we move – as we now get into the stories, obviously this has been a – it was a very interesting post – first weekend of postseason play. You know, we saw a team collapse. We saw we saw another team almost blew it. Mm. And obviously we saw somebody kill their losing streak on the road. We know who that is. And the Eagles kind of know who their opponents is going to be. And that unfortunately is the New York Giants who who I expected to beat the Vikings and Nobody was surprised. Everybody around here picked them, picked them to beat the Vikings, and that's exactly what happened. So now the Eagles, after you know, after the the struggles to clinch the postseason, the their their way into the to the bye and, and the division title, they played the Giants on January eighth, and now guess what? Two weeks later, they're playing the Giants again. But this time, with much different stakes on the line, a spot in the NFC Championship. So obviously, you know, I know you have been, as everybody, just been whole hum on on the Eagles. You're not worried about this game, but then again, the Giants aren't worried about going to Philly either on Saturday night. So, your thoughts on this? Well. Um, as I stated before in our picks, I thought the Giants would beat these pathetic Vikings. And and they did just that because the Vikings are the weakest 13-win team since probably the 14-2 San Diego Chargers when Marty Schottenheimer got fired <laughs> after losing the first round. Uh, those playoffs. So this team was weak all season and the Giants were getting better. Uh, they had just good start, had a little rough, bumpy middle, but got back on target after uh, their tie with Washington. Uh, but then after they went down, Washington and beat them, that's let me know, okay, these Giants are are going to try to get in this playoffs while Washington's kept on shrinking away and shrinking away. I don't know what's going to happen with that franchise. So to me, it was no shock that uh, the Giants did this. Danny Dimes, as people like to call him, played a flawless game. Um, as you see here, well, those of you that can see it, uh, did he play a flawless game? Even Kirk Cousins, 
didn't turn the ball over. So it was just one of those games where both quarterbacks were going toe-to-toe. Um, and one did better. Uh, Danny ran the ball, was a leading rusher <laughs> for uh, both teams. And uh, most of his yards, I think, uh, came early on uh, when it was needed. And then they finally got Saquon going a little bit uh, towards the end. So when I always had some respect for Danny, um, I, I believe in many of the, the professional um, our, our analysts say that he was just a victim of some bad coaching prior to this. Um, so this uh, to uh, have to be able to show off his skill set and for finally having a full season with Saquon was a big difference. And I was saying that back in September to people, if Saquon can survive, I didn't think he was, but he made it through the season. They have a shot at doing some things. And uh, so we got to see them do something. Went out to Minnesota, took care of some business. That's where the Bucks going to stop. But it was a fun ride. And I, I look forward to seeing what the season looks like next year. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, we're going to talk about the NFC East a little bit here coming up. And, and obviously, they're going to be a, a, a very NFC-ish program here tonight. But yeah. when you're looking at this, when looking at this game as you're showing here, I mean, the Vikings, I've never been a fan of them. I've, you, if you've seen this, you've heard this show, you know, this is your first full season. You've heard me talk trash about them in the past. And that's not just Kirk Cousins. That's a whole organization and the team and everything else. They've yep. been a bunch of underachievers forever. Going back to Fran and, Tarkinson. <laughs> and and the fact is, they're a 13-win team. They were they were just they, – they just got by. Like, I've never seen a team just got by with 13 victories. Normally, if you win that many games, you're a Super Bowl contender. You're an instant Super Bowl contender most of the time. But this team just barely survived most of the games they played. And when they couldn't win, they got blown out. The Dallas Cowboys come to to mind. They came in there and they just smoked them. Indianapolis, mm-hmm. if they were if they were a better team, would have not blown a thirty three nothing lead. And then just <laughs> you know we beat them week two on Monday night pretty easily. Yeah. So like I said, the Vikings were just not a very good football team for what the for the wins that they 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 stacked up. They got lucky in some of those wins, but you live on the edge when you play one-score games. Here, they get a taste of their own mess. And they lost a one-score game. Mm-hmm. So, on well, one score. So, like I said, I mean, I feel bad for Justin Jefferson, and that's the only person I feel bad for, for the kind of receiver he's become, one of the top receivers, maybe the best receiver in the league at this mm-hmm. point. Led Obviously led the league in receiving yards this year. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the Giants they 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 knew they could beat this team. They were very confident. We saw them play here just a few weeks ago on Christmas Eve, and they should have won that game. They learned their, they they made the adjustments that they needed to make. Daniel Jones played as flawless a game as I've seen him play. Probably the best game he's played to this point in his career, mm-hmm. and obviously good for them, you know. But obviously. Should we put fear? Should we have? Should we fear the Giants? And I say yes and no. 
No, because we've had the Giants number for the longest time. We just mm-hmm. know how to beat the Giants. It's just been been that way for most of the last decade. But yeah, they are a team that's playing with house money. And house money can get you far. It may not get you all the way, but it can get you far enough. And this is a team that, you know, they remember getting blown out a few weeks ago in, in mid-December, 48 to 22. And remember, when we played to, to, to win, to clinch the division and home field, they played their backups, and they almost came back and, and ruined what we were trying to do. So this Giants team is a, is a team that I don't know what the hell we're going to see on Saturday night. I'll be honest with you. I expect the Eagles to show up. I expect Jalen Hurts to, to play great. Lane Johnson looks like he's going to play this game. They just played the game they've been playing all year. And if you and, and if you know you're better than the Giants, and they are, it should be. This should be no problem. But then again, this is the NFC East. And we're about to talk about the NFC East in, in a nutshell here. Mm-hmm. The vast improved division. It's not, oh, yes. it's not the division. It's not it's not the division it was just a few years ago. I mean, hell, Washington beat us. And they finished with a above five hundred, not above five hundred record, but they were eight and eight and one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is this is different, man. You know, this kind of weekend where you think about the, you know, you think about Pat Summerall and John Mann. You grew up watching them on CBS all the all those years. You know, you know, as a kid or as a teenager watching the NFL on CBS, most of the games were NFC East games. Yeah, most of those games, at least at least seventy percent of their coverage mm-hmm. was in the NFC East. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. they are just smiling from above that the NFC East is back to what it used to be, and they and the fact that they have three teams, three teams in the final this, four, unbelievable. It, it it just brings smile on their face. I know they'd be happy today if they if they were around to see this. So. But obviously, let's talk about the NFC East. Two years ago, it was the worst division in NFL history. <laughs> it was a laughing stock. We were the laughing stock. We were a joke. The teams just, just couldn't get the hell out of their own way. Now, here we are two years later, and this division is unbelievably different. Like I said, three teams in the conference. One, they're guaranteed one will be in the conference championship, potentially two. So, my question to you is, what has changed from 2020 to 2022 from this division? Why has this division improved dramatically from what it was two years ago? Well, um, I would simply say, with the, um, let's start with the team I dislike, uh, the Cowboys, they, um, First thing they did was last year really improved their line and get a good get a good offensive line changes everything and they also went out of the way last year to boost up their defense um, and uh, so to get a pass rusher get a great uh, cornerback with Mister Diggs. <laughs> And things can change in the right direction. And so they definitely took advantage of those things. 
And then you got uh, Power stepping up his running game while um, our, our, our boy Zeke starts to, you know, maybe start to decline. So, but he's not gone. So now they got a dual threat sort of in the backfield. So that's what started to change for them. Um, Washington, well, they said they didn't have a losing record. And strange enough, they did beat the Eagles. They did beat Dallas when it, and both those games were accounted. Um, and they did it with you know, technically backup quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, uh, they just don't know. They're coaching Rivera. I just, I know he gets a lot of respect, but I'm just, I'm not so sure about that guy. He's almost over emotional, almost like Dick Vermeil, but Dick Vermeil was actually was a better coach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember after they beat the Eagles, he got all choked up that he couldn't even talk. Like it wasn't the damn playoffs. It wasn't it was a middle of the season game? All right, you beat the best team in football, but you got too choked up to talk about that. So, I don't know about that guy. And then when it got knocked out, he didn't know he was eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> you know, someone had to tell him that you're eliminated. So, I questioned him. Um, they don't have a quarterback yet. They don't know what to do right now. But they got a better defense. So, that's what kind of boosted them up, keeps them in games. And uh, Heineke, I think, is – better than most people think, even though he got benched, which I question the coaching on that. At least he had a winning record. <laughs> so their biggest mistake has been in Carson Wentz. So I don't know what to say about them. So I, their their record speaks exactly what they are. Eight, eight, and one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they couldn't be more flatline than that on the 17 game season. That that is Washington. The Giants, change coach, rookie coach this year. He's he's breathing confidence into this team from day one, going for two to win. And when they pulled it off, that got the t- the team and the city inspired. So you know what, this might be the right dude. And they've been playing that way, but much more confident this year. And this year. As I mentioned earlier, the the biggest thing was Saquon survived the season. Even though he wasn't necessarily lights out most of the time, yeah, quite a few good games, but it still has that presence that you have to still account for. So that gives defenses uh, different looks that they can't just zero in on Danny Dimes as long as he's back there. And the receiving core is still eh. Um, and defensively, um, they actually were pretty good as a, as a collective. Um, so uh, those are the two; those are the major things I saw that made uh, New York improve. And then back to Philly, I mean, it's clear why we're better. Um, we had that; we did have a changing a changing of coaches. Even though I like Dougie P, I wouldn't mind still him being here. But we'll talk about him later and his success so far. Um, but our new coach in the second year has got us uh, running on all cylinders to start the season, watching the 
the major improvement of of our of our quarterback. I see Mr. Hertz, who many doubted last year. I was not one of them. I said, give him another year and let's see what's up. Can't give up on him that quick. And bam, from game one, we see it. From preseason, we start seeing the difference with Mr. Hertz. And then, you know, you bring in some help. You know, you bring in AJ. And what a difference to have a go-to guy. Uh, while you still got Devontae on the other side. Uh, and uh, we still got Miles running from the backfield. Uh, we still got Dallas as a tight end. And you, we put all those things together. That offense is clicking. The offensive line is doing this thing uh, big time. And then we decided to bulk up our defense, even in midseason, um, finding some help uh, on the on the line. And uh, and also we uh, 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 shored up our secondary, right? Even adding Bradbury, took taking him from the Giants. So that's I'm glad we took him from there. And uh, so it's obvious with the Eagles were there the improvement biggest first quarterback major and all the other things i mentioned and mid-season we finally seem to get the special teams together because <laughs> the first half it was <laughs> woo, <laughs> disastrous so i all those things is why these four teams and nfc east is just looking stellar no losing team in this division this year and three out of four will be representing the, the NFC in the playoffs. So there's a high chance we might have an all NFC NFC a championship game. We'll find out. Uh oh. <laughs> it appears we lost our main host as Rob calls back in. We'll get him back on. Oh, oh there he is. He popped back. Mr. Rob, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, okay. you were probably breaking up there. All right. Oh. Okay. Right. Well, I, as I was saying, twice in the Super Bowl era, in, in the in the Super Bowl era, has the NFC East represented in the conference championship game by in in a battle of NFC East teams. Nineteen eighty, Eagles and the Cowboys, and nineteen eighty six, Giants and and Washington. So it can happen again. Now, obviously, when I look at this division, I mean, Washington has always had a very solid defense, and they really got lucky this year. But their quarterback play was a was a mess. You know, bringing in Carson Wentz was a waste. It didn't. It didn't. It, it, they didn't need to do that. They had Taylor Heineke. He was doing well, being mm -hmm. a decent game manager. He did. He obviously, when he took over from Wentz. The team just immediately started winning games and putting themselves back in the playoff mix from a one and four start. Now they just have yes. to figure out between him and and Sam Howe which quarterback is better, and they'll figure that out. And if they can get a couple more pieces, they got some good pieces at receiver. Obviously, Terry McLaurin's already established elite have elite talent, and they had Dotson and a couple of other guys. So Washington has decent team enough that they can be in the postseason next year, but they just have to get the quarterback position properly right. And I think Ron Rivera will get another year unless the new ownership of Washington decides to go in a different direction. 
I mean, this could be a year where he has to prove himself. If they don't make the playoffs, he'll be gone, and they'll have to bring in the new coach after the 23 season. So we'll see what happens there. Like I said, with the, with, with the Giants, it's, a, it's, it's coaching. I mean, we've seen the Giants struggle for the last half decade. They've been through a lot of coaches. And unfortunately, you know, the last coach they had before Dayball was an absolute joke. And Joe Judge, he had no idea what the hell he was doing. He still don't have a clue. You know, mm-hmm. going back to Bill Belichick and, and still not knowing what the hell to do. So, like I said, Dayball was a guy that worked in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And obviously, he's made Josh one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. And obviously, he brought his buddy from the Bills to be the general manager. And you can tell how much things have changed in New, in New York. It's it's. I mean, the, the Giants are a whole different. Everything is like, you could, I mean, even though coming into the season, you didn't think the Giants was going to be a threat. You kind of felt like there was a grown-up in the room. And that's all they needed. They, Daniel Jones has struggled in this league. He's had different coaches and different philosophies. Saquon has the elite talent, but he's been injured. And and like I said, they have receivers. They they drafted well. They have Wandale Robinson, who was looking like a, a, a receiver that was about to take off before he tore his HCL before mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. And then they had Sterling Shepard to start the season. He's been a good receiver in this league, but he tore his HCL early in the year. So basically, it's been Darius Slayton and a bunch of bunch of guys, mm-hmm. but we'll. But Darius Slayton, he's got ability to be really, really decent. You know, he's not a number one receiver, but he's obviously has to play like that for the Giants to win games. But hey, Giants, they got lucky this year. They, they you know, they're much better coach. Dayball's gonna. I would. If you want me to t- say who wins Coach of the Year, I would give him – he would have my vote just because, to me, the Coach of the Year is not – if you have expectations, if you don't have expectations, then you succeed. And he definitely succeeded. So, you know, give props to them. And, of course, Dallas. I mean, they've always had elite roster. I mean, Stephen Jones has always been one of the best talent – the best draft advisors. You know, he knows how to draft and all that. Obviously, Jerry has to make the last call because this is his, he's a judge, jury, and executioner of that team, obviously. But they've done well in drafting. And obviously, Tavon Diggs, he's a better corner this year than he was last year. Even though he was an interception machine last year, he's not been this year. He's he's not giving up big plays like he did last year. He's not a feast or famine corner. He's a guy who's learning to, to be a decent cover corner and – you know he was he didn't give up the big plays like he did in in his rookie year so or twenty no rookie year is 2020, 20, 2021. so obviously the defense played better at times and obviously this offense you know Tony Pollard he's an explosive back you give him the ball you give him confidence he's as dangerous as any back in this league and Zeke Elliott. He could have just wandered off in the sunset, but he's actually revised his role. He, he likes the role, and and even he's got some pop left. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, they have the receivers. You know, they have Gallup. Obviously, C.D. Lamb's elite. And obviously, you know, Dalton Schultz is a decent tight end. He's not an elite tight end, but he's a he's a fifth, top 15-ish, top, top 15 tight end. So, you know, they got weapons, and 
they're coached decently because Mike McCarthy is a former Super Bowl winning coach. So he has the veteran skills and everything to help this team, like Ron Rivera in Washington. You know, these guys know how to coach. It's just situational, situational stuff. But Dak, you know, Dak's been a decent quarterback. And if he wasn't a Dallas Cowboy, we'd give him a little more respect, obviously. And then with us, I mean, with the Eagles, I mean, you know, Howie Roseman's probably the guy that he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of crap around here, but he should get a lot of, a lot of praise because when he won the Super Bowl in 20, when we won the Super Bowl in 2017, he was the executive of the year and he made the moves that helped this team win. And he's done the same thing again. He's brought in all this great talent. Hassan Reddick obviously was a big deal. And then trading for AJ Brown, which you told me before anybody else knew. You you yeah. the one that basically you basically was the one that broke that that news. <laughs> I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts and, and hey, Jalen Hurts is a guy that you already knew the leadership. You just need to know if he had the skill level to go with that leadership. And it's obvious it's worked this year. His game has improved dramatically. And you know, you can tell the Eagles wouldn't be where they're at without without him and his leadership and his and his and his decision making. And it's obvious how where, where we're at now as a legit contender to win to win it all. And you know, it's just amazing how far this division has come in such a short time. Because, like I said, this year the the loser of the division had more wins than the winner of the division two years ago. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and it's and and to me. Like I just mentioned, Pat Summerall and John Madden, if they were alive today, would be smiling because this is the division they always back in their CBS days and even into their Fox days. It's just it's classic NFC East. They're the division, and look at what the 2023 schedule might look like. A lot more primetime games for this division. We're going to be on primetime almost every damn week. It seems like the mm. way this, and and that's just great for the NFL. So like I said, I, I, I'm very much happy that the NFC East is back to being the way it used to be as you know, you growing up as a kid and me as a little kid, you know, in the early nineties. Was it they won Super Bowls every year it seemed like and for you yep. know the competition. I mean you yeah, know they all took turns at the Eagles. Yeah, that's during the early nineties. <laughs> yeah, and the sad thing is, the Buffalo Bills are a contender too. Just like, just like the good old days. <laughs> yeah, all ago. four years with Buffalo too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's like it just, it just, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. So if you're San Francisco and you're the odd team out, you got you got some work to do. But then again, this seems like the early nineties again because if the NFC East is is at is at this high level. And the 49ers are always there, too. So it's like classic NFL again. You know, it's like the good old days. Yeah. But but obviously, looking back at the rest of the, the playoffs, obviously, you know what's going on in the NFC. So let's go look at the AFC. And obviously, we'll, you know, obviously, Buffalo survived. You know, Josh Allen's turnovers kind of made this game closer than it needed to be against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Skylar Thompson wasn't impressive, but 
thanks to their defense, they they helped them hang in there. And, you know, obviously Waddle and, and Hill made the plays that kept this game to be in the battle. Cincinnati beat Baltimore, and that was a rough time for me because Baltimore had the dead to the rights. They were that defense was dominating Joe Burrow and then well not yeah. dominating, but they were but they were they were, they were keeping them honest. They were keeping yeah. them honest. And yeah. just a just a major mistake on in, in the in the end zone. Just a major mistake that just turned this game into Cincinnati's favor. I know Cincinnati's the better team, but I didn't but if but Baltimore's always if they if they if they don't make the mistake, they're they're gonna go far. That's been John Hardball's model of his teams since he since he's been there, you know. I mean, Joe Flacco's an average is an above average quarterback when you look at his numbers. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 made the plays that got them to to the AFC Championship many times, and then eventually to a Super Bowl championship. So, I mean, the Ravens, eh, I don't know what we're going to do with them. And then there's the Jaguars and the damn Chargers game. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and the sad thing is, and the sad thing is, why in the hell is Brandon Staley still the head coach? I think everybody's wondering that. They fired the offensive staff. They exactly. fired the offensive staff. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but they scored 27 that. points. But they scored 27 mm. points, 30 points. You would think that they got blown out 41 to 3 the way mm-hmm. that they got fired. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was. I don't know. So, your thoughts on the AFC this this weekend? Oh, well, just like you were saying, uh, that well, the, well, the first AFC um, game happened to be the, the Jacksonville game, but I'm gonna work my way uh, backwards and to talk about the Cincinnati. And Baltimore, where I let me make sure I remember myself what I picked. I know we all picked Cincinnati, and even though you're a Ravens fan, you were smart to still pick Cincinnati. Now I thought they went 31-14. You had them at 24-10, Matt 34-16. So we all had them getting beat. Double digits. I, I, I think I have him twenty four sixteen. Oh, I think my oh, score was oh. very accurate. My score was, ah. was very accurate. Almost. I wrote it wrong. I was I off by it... one point. I was thinking I bought by one point. I was very accurate with that score. My bad. I wrote it. I look like a zero goes to six. <laughs> so yes, you were right. Well, you there. have the tapes of, of 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 the preview, so you can look back on that. Of, uh, I think I said twenty four sixteen. You probably you know, cuz I felt like this game it was going to be a close game. I just mm. you know cuz Baltimore knows how to play Cincinnati. And That's they didn't true. need Lamar Jackson to win and they proved that they almost didn't need Lamar to win. But obviously, but obviously. Go ahead. Yeah. And then with Baltimore um it's a shame they played him so well. One play. One play killed him. One fumble at the goal line. Then turns into a 99 or 98 yard, whatever it's called, rumble down the field, <laughs> even though there's clearly a block in the back. <laughs> that was not called. 
But that was the difference in the game. That was the difference in the game. One touchdown. But yet, they held. Um, let me pull it up again. They they held them to uh, uh, only 200. And let me get the numbers right. I got it here. It was about 230 think, yards of offense. And I mean, if you do that, you're going to win most of your games. And 234, to be exact. 183 yards passing, 51 yards rushing. 51 measly yards rushing. And that's amazing that they held them off to that extent and still wound up losing. Ravens had 364 yards of offense. So they outgained them by 130 yards. Um, and they kept Burrow in check. Only 209 yards gross of passing. But that one fumble just turned it all around. So Baltimore's future is big question mark. As we figure out, trying to figure out what's going to happen with Lamar. Since this is final year of his contract and they weren't smart enough to sign him up, lock him up last year. Um He's, he's his own agent, so that's it's hard to say which side is really messing up here, um, but we'll see. I, some of may many are thinking that's the last time you may see him as a Baltimore Raven. Um, now, moving on to the Buffalo game, that was very surprising. You know, we all wrote off Miami. Now, since all the wild card games or rematches, we all had a slight um, in. Uh, let's say uh, uh, eh, you could almost we all got to at least see what it could be during a regular season so we got to see some of this like this Baltimore Ravens game was just a week before so that was real recent in history the Miami and Buffalo being division rivals also played twice and we saw Miami go up there and hold up a close one with Tua Tagovailoa but then we thought, uh-oh, he won't be there. This is going to be ugly. But Miami had the lead in the second half. <laughs> you know, Miami came to play. And uh, I had to listen to the second half of it as I was driving to another event. But I was impressed that they hung in there, played tough. Um, and a nippy day it wasn't ridiculously cold, but very cold for Miami standards. And uh, you know, had Josh Allen good old befuddle with the fumble for a touchdown and snatching interceptions from him. But uh, Buffalo was just a little too good, uh, just a little too good to succumb to the Miami's uh fight. So I give Miami credit for the fight. But unfortunately, Miami had a horrendous second half of the season. You just can't slide. And they slid into the playoffs, winning a game. The final game they won was nine to six. It was, <laughs> you know, to get you into the playoffs after losing six straight. So um, it was an ugly way to finish. Um, but they used to have some hope for next year. Assuming that Tua's going to be all right. So there's another question mark. And 
so it looks like um, the coach will probably keep his. I mean, not, well, he definitely keep his job. He's not going to get fired down there. But in the next game, <laughs> this game, the team I still call the San Diego Chargers. Until they do something better, they're San Diego, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and they they will not get the L.A. title for me. They're the same San Diego Chargers, as I mentioned earlier, that blew it 14-2 and two record and had to fire the coach. Old shots. I'm wondering how this coach is still here. You cannot go on the road into Jacksonville's house and put up a 27 spot. You take the ball for five, not one, two, three, four, five turnovers. <laughs> five turnovers, and you lost? Come on. You just can't do that. I mean, they're a just snatching interception after interception. I mean, my, <laughs> my man straight out of Florida State, <laughs> Mr. Asante Samuel. Uh-oh. Did you lose the screen? <laughs> no, they just turned into some other program. This guy, oh, like was... some kind of Christian program. <laughs> no, no, nah, this is a uh, <laughs> afternoon talk show. He's uh, I learned a lot from him. That is weird. All right, I mean, I, my my computer is it got problems. <laughs> um... It's all good. I mean, it's all good. You you could do some cost promotion there, Todd Hartman, <laughs> whoever he was. I mean, I, I'm sure he's a, an inspiration to you, you know. <laughs> but anyway, just thinking well, about I, this. I, I, I got it back now. But yeah, man, my man Asante Samuel Jr. We had senior at one time. <laughs> Three yeah. interceptions in one game. And then damn it. And they and, and and the more I hear about this game, the more I'm just puzzled. Eckler. Do you know how many yards he had in the second half? Don't Anybody know. know? No, no. Oh, wow. Zero. Nothing. Zero. He was only given the ball, if I'm not mistaken, three times in the second half. Zero second half rushing yards. That's insane. Why was why were they still playing? Why are they still passing the ball with the 27 point, well, 20 point lead in the second half? Hand the ball off and let the clock go. You kept them in the game with incompletions. It's it's mind-boggling how this coach has still got a job. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely mind-boggling. And there's some other stat I forgot that was just outrageous, but maybe you have it. But crazy. Absolutely crazy. So I'm happy for Dougie P. I'm still a fan of Doug, the Dougster. And so I was rooting for them the whole time. And once Trevor got his mind right, he was on fire. And they uh, took care of business. So goodbye, Chargers, who I never count. I could never trust for the past two seasons. Just can't trust them. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been hard on the Chargers. <laughs> We've all been hard on them. It's just it's the same. It's the same mess every year. You think they're like the Vikings or the, the AFC's Vikings. I mean. Yeah. Every year you think they're going to do something big and then they just blow it. They just freaking blow it. And I mean, this game is just another kamikaze of uh, is a kamikaze. I mean, there's no reason that you go up 27 to nothing 
and blow that game. Yeah. Similar to the Colts going 33 nothing and blowing that game. I mean, Austin Eckler didn't get hurt. No. What the hell happened? <laughs> what, what was the game plan? What 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 was the offensive coordinator? I mean, obviously they he lost his job over that. I think that's mm-hmm. the reason. Even yeah. though the defense should be ashamed too. Everybody yeah. on both sides of the ball should be ashamed. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, Jacksonville, there's no reason that they should have won this game the way they were rolling in that in the first twenty four or twenty five minutes of that game. Look how open he is. I just I just I just I just don't get it. And they're making me stutter here. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous game playoff game ever, you know? I mean I mean Houston and, and Buffalo, I I don't know when you look back back in history, I don't think I, I think that was an exciting game. This wasn't exciting. This was a shame because, you know, they didn't even have a turnover. They didn't have a turnover, not a fumble or an interception, and they lost this game. That was all Lawrence and his and his ability. He he went straight Saturday Clemson on hit on them, <laughs> and it's obvious that to me, the fact that Brandon Staley still has his job is the biggest is the biggest crock I I can tell you right now. It's, it doesn't make any damn sense. It really really doesn't. Yep. And that's another guy right there, ETN. I mean, and you, you love that play. He's going to be one of the elite backs in the league in, in yeah. another year or so. He's going to be elite back. You're going to hear about when you think yeah. about elite backs, ETN's going to be up there with the with the Derrick Henrys and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. And Dougie P for going for that play you're just referencing was because Dougie P knows how to design plays and had them totally fooled. At first, I was thinking, oh, no, they're going to call a timeout, waste a timeout. But then I said, well, you're going to use a timeout. This is the time it uses. So I, I couldn't call it a waste. And he he changed um, – excuse me. We'll back, I guess. <laughs> when they initially <laughs> came out, before the timeout, they were lined up wide. But then they came back at the timeout and bunched up. So they figured, oh, they're going to definitely do a quarterback sneak. Nope. Gonna give it to my man Etienne and run around for 20 yards <laughs> on fourth down. And then Dougie P going for two after your boy Joey Bosa lost his mind again and gave yeah, them half the distance to the goal. Uh that's twice in one game he blew it, he blew a stack. And they said, Well, instead of kicking that extra point, let's go for two. And that's why they wound up winning by one. It's just so many errors, and it's, it's amazing. But Dougie P took advantage of all their mistakes. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's it's embarrassing. You know, I don't even know if there's any Charger fans left after that game. That that you know you don't blow a game like that, and the fact it's just it's so undisciplined. The team is so undisciplined, and, and it's it's just it's just terrible. You know, like. You go up twenty-seven nothing in this league. You should just you should easily win. If you want to pull off the gas a little bit, you still win by ten. That's one thing. But mm. it blew the whole god darn game. It's like <laughs> hell. I mean, I feel bad for Justin Herbert. Number one, Justin Herbert since he's came in this league has put up unbelievable numbers, and it's just um, it's just a shame that his team doesn't have his back either ball either side of the ball, and mm. it's just it's just a mess. I mean, how many, how, how much, how, you know, how much more do I have to do to prove that we can actually win a championship here? Because it's, 
because we you you know this league we we know so many great teams and they're not all going to win a championship they're not all going to do it they're just not going to be able to with the competition but the chargers with they have the quarterback and they have a set a system but they just don't know how to execute it at the right time and it's obvious you know so to me they were talking on first take today you know Stephen A and congratulations to Stephen A. His book is out. You know, his book is out. Second chances and first takes. It's a. It, they said it's one of the best reads you can see. You know, women were crying reading it. You know, I mean, that's a book. That's a book. One of us has to get one of these days. Obviously, I need the money for it, but you know, it's going to probably cost me hefty. But but obviously, ready. he he mentioned he mentioned today that Sean that Sean Payton should take the Chargers job. Because obviously the Sean Payton sweet stakes, and we're going to talk about Sean Payton on, on a future episode when it comes to the offseason situation. It's obvious that the charge, you know, we know what he did with Drew Brees. We know he turned him into a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats. And there's no doubt that Justin Herbert's already an established quarterback. He could turn him into Peyton Manning. Like, he can make him that good. That good. So, to me, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I know that Sean Payton's going to be a head coach next season. Where is to, to be determined? Basically, what the team will give up to take him because he's going to be traded. He's going to be traded so because he's still under the Saints, you know, umbrella. But we'll see what happens there. But looking at the rest of these, I mean, I, I looked at this Baltimore game, and it's just a shame. And just looking at the fact that Baltimore and Miami had their backup quarterbacks, and you kind of tell yourself if Tua and Lamar played in a circumstance, they probably would still be playing this weekend. That's how crazy they, their weekends were. But, you know, these games have been – they were crazy games. And like I said, we're going into the divisional round, as Chris Berman calls, the best weekend in football. And we could see a lot of crazy shenanigans when we're going into there. And, you know, in the AFC, it's a lot to put into, you know. Jacksonville's a true underdog again against against Big Red and the Rocket. Can they go out there and actually pull off another upset? going to be tougher this time, but, you know, obviously they, they're confident and they're playing with house money just like the Giants are right now. Nobody expected them to be in the playoffs. None of them expected to even win a game. So, I mean, they, they can survive any onslaught. Good for them. And we'll see what happens in the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. You know, if you're a Josh Allen fan, there's a <laughs> – you can't be turning the ball over in the red zone. It's getting, it's getting out of control. Mm-hmm. If you're going to win the championship, you're going to have to clean up your, your act there. You got to get your ass where it's at when it comes to these turnovers because – you're, you you can't do this against Cincinnati or Kansas City. They'll burn your ass. They will mm-hmm. burn you. You're lucky that Miami couldn't burn you, but those two teams will. And yeah. and and I just don't see I, – I think when looking at and feeling Buffalo Bills fans should be very, very nervous going into Sunday. They should be very nervous, more nervous than Eagles fans should be because Cincinnati is still a dangerous team. They, they might have survived, barely survived Baltimore, but they're a dangerous team. Cincinnati's on a roll. Their defense can get after people. Trust me. Josh Allen better watch his ass this weekend. No more, no more this, no more this hunky dory kind of game. 
play like an elite quarterback that you are supposed to be. Now, mm. obviously, mm. with Matt gone for the for the weekend, obviously we still do our bets, and I'm gonna pull this up here now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do our bet and set segment. Yep, I you know? got you. All right. So obviously, we you picked Jacksonville to win. And I picked the Giants to win and cover, obviously. And they both did. They both mm-hmm. did. So unfortunately, he didn't do he didn't do nope. he didn't do his job because Buffalo, he picked Buffalo, but unfortunately they we saw the game. It it you know, they didn't cover at all. So here's our score. Here's our scorecard. You are now Basically doubled the Washington score, uh, the Washington record. You're at 16, 16, and one. <laughs> Matt is now at 15 and 18, which pretty much most likely eliminates him from winning the season. Basically eliminates him. Yeah, and I am 18, 14, and one, Ooh, which yeah. basically means. I can go to the Super Bowl and not win the next two games, and I still can win the season. I don't know what the prizes would be. Uh, you know, <laughs> we should put out prizes next year, next season, damn straight. So, uh-huh. all right. So, Matt this week has pick is picking the 49ers to beat the Cowboys with a three and a half points right now. That's three the and okay. three and a half points, and that's right the now. that's. Here on my on my website, Bet Wivers that I'm on, yeah, it's okay. three and a half points. So See, go ahead with four your right prediction. Now. <clears throat> go ahead with your prediction. Okay, just for that game. Um very interesting game. Does you see the the way that the time slots work? The biggest point spread starts off and it slides down to the tightest game. Which is the 49ers and Cowboys at 6 30 Sunday evening. Should be a high ratings game. Um watching the Cowboys, that's that's why we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Monday night and how uh, I, 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 and I'll, I'll recap it just for a quick 30 seconds. What got me about that game. Was that I'm just I think that's the first time I've seen Tom Brady scared. You remember when? We no, were... not 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 the first time for me. Not in the postseason. Okay. Not not the first time. If, Long we... time, but not the first time. Okay, it's been a while because when we were at the bowling, I was saying, "How did he throw that interception?" And until I saw later that next day. He did the pump fake to the right, and when he looked back in the middle, he saw def- he saw someone coming up in his face. He just threw the ball. I don't think he even had his eyes open. Like I haven't seen a close up of his face, but he literally just chucked it and braced for the hit and cur- turtled up. You know, he pulled an Eli Manning, and I love Eli. Oh, that's wow. what saved. That's what that's what saved his career. He just, Eli wasn't taking any hard hits. He would just throw it 
turtle up. And when Tom did that, that's why interception happened. I said, oh, my God, he is too scared to get hit. And that was just bad. So uh, the Cowboys looked good. Dak had his best game in a long time. Four touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown. No interception. That's the most important thing. No no turnovers at all. The guy's been an interception machine the last several weeks, and Mm -hmm. and the Bucs forgot that that on Monday big time. Yes. Now, fast forward to Sunday. The 49ers aren't going to forget how to do that. I would be beyond shocked that there's no turnovers from the Cowboys this time. Beyond shocked. <laughs> um, I think the uh, Cowboys will present a different type of challenge for the 49ers also. Um, and there are things that uh, I think the Cowboys with having powered and Zeke in the back feel can uh, help loosen up the 49ers defense a little bit. That'll be remain to be seen. If they control, if they're controlled, then it's a wrap because they're going to intercept the Dak at least twice. Um, now Dallas's defense can do some things uh, to Mr. Purdy. Uh, now Purdy has not shown any signs of cracking yet, so which is an amazing feat for a guy who's played now six games and uh, one playoff game. Now, the first half of the last week's game, he was a little, you know, eh. But he figured things out. Second half, when came out there lighting it up. So, my prediction, back to this game, I, uh, I'm i actually kind of rooting for the Cowboys. What? <laughs> crazy, as the crazy as that sounds, about? as crazy as that sounds, just to have all in the seas, Championship and to play them here would be epic. So you're so you're 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 picking Dallas, are you? But um, picking the 49ers. <laughs> I said I would like. But to what about see your them pick? Are you picking? Are you picking I'm the picking Niners in the points? San are you picking the Cowboys in the points? I'm picking San Fran with the points. I'm going with San Fran to score of twenty one fourteen. Well, we're not going to preview the games yet. That's on Friday's show. Well, that's but, true. That's true. But obviously, so so you, so I'll say you're picking. You're you're going. You and Matt will will go. Will team up and try to win. Try to take me down here with you, hoping the 49ers win outright. Well, I looked well, at that game. Favorite. I looked at that game. I know. I know. I looked at that game, and I'm like, you know. I could pick this game, but I'm not going to now. I'm not. We can't all pick the same game because if I if we all win, you can't gain ground on me. Mm-hmm. So you have to. So I have to go against y'all. I'm not picking the Eagles. Obviously, I do not bet on the Eagles at all. I mean, I just don't. I just don't. I haven't all season. You know that. I have steered away from their games. You know, superstition. Jacksonville and the Chiefs. Nah. Uh, as much as I like the look WP and all what they've done, Kansas City's a different animal for them. Much different animal. It's not going to work. It's not going to work this time. 
So there's only other game out there is Buffalo and Cincinnati. And I don't feel confident if you're a Bills fan after the game you just played on Sunday. Cincinnati's going to come in here. They're not afraid to win on the road. Not at all. I mean, they won two to win. They went. They they can go anywhere and win anywhere. I mean, if you can beat Andy Reid and in, in, uh, in Patrick Mahomes in a big spot like last year, you can win anywhere. Buffalo will not be a scary place for them. It just won't be. So they're so they're they're five they're five point dog. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay. I don't know if they win, but I'm taking the Bengals and the points. So give me you know Cincinnati. What? I'm going to revise mine. Really? Be- actually, yeah, because I actually do feel more comfortable, and as crazy as it may sound. I'm going to go with my man, Dougie P, that they can hang in there with the Chiefs. So that'll be my pick would be Jacks. Plus the eight and a half. All right. Well, I'll put that in there then. Of course, they'll get blown out. And I'm like, damn it. Well. (laughs) But no, I really do feel. They can hang. He's going back to familiar ground. And uh, the Chiefs, no, as good as they are, there's well, nothing. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm, putting, I'm putting it in. I'm putting it in. You're, yeah. you're, you're eight. You're, you're going eight. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. I'm, I'm putting it in right now. I'm putting it in right now. Shit, let me see. <laughs> All right. Yours is in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes San Fran. Okay. All right. All right. So, so to once again, Matt's taking is taking um, 49ers minus 3.5 to cover. And we're picking dogs. You got the bank, you got Jacksonville plus 8.5. We'll see if they cover. They could. And I got the Bengals plus five. We'll see if they can hang in there. So, all right, so that's what we have for our bets. So you know what our last segment of this show is. <laughs> Surprises and disappointments mm-hmm. for this first wild card round. <laughs> wild card round. Super wild card round. Oh, stop Go it. Super, super this. There's only one super. Well, that's the bowl. six games. I mean, it's a lot of games, but. There's a lot of games every week. Listen, <laughs> my surprise, um, and it's not the Jacksonville comeback. 
Chargers suck. And it's not the Giants beating the Vikings. Eh. Vikings suck. The surprise was, oh, you could even say the Miami hanging in there, but really it was the Cowboy beatdown. That surprised me. <laughs> you know, I that just surprised me. It surprised Stephen A. <laughs> you saw his face. It surprised the whole damn country. Except for all them damn blue star people walking around this this country. Um, but even they were shocked. No one saw Dak playing this damn well. <laughs> you know. Um, and to see Tommy turtle up was a surprise uh, uh, for me for Dak to throw four touchdowns and run a, touch, run a touchdown in. And the disappointment is their kicker, Meyer. <laughs> never have we ever seen that before. We've never seen that. And it's a shame because him missing extra points became the bigger storyline than Dak's good game. <laughs> you keep ignoring the fact you just threw a touchdown because <laughs> in order to get an extra point, a touchdown had to have been scored. <laughs> and all we could, and everybody was just having fun with jokes and memes on the, on the old internet about your boy uh, who finally made one on touchdown number five. Congratulations. But <laughs> that's five straight. He missed one, the one in Washington the week before. He was on a five game, five kick skid. <laughs> uh, and uh, so when it gets in your head like that man that's 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 that stinks uh and i can only equate it with bowling right now i'm having trouble getting a four pin and it should be no excuse not getting a four pin when you're a right hand bowler it, you just roll your strike ball it should go right there but i keep overthinking it and then i go too hard and it goes right around it and so i know <laughs> what he's going through it's just uh, I'm not getting paid, and no one's seen it on TV. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, whew, ugly. Well, well, my my surprise is obviously you know looking at it is I mean I'm not surprised that Baltimore played well and all the other games. Miami being actually in this game and nearly pulling it off, I thought they were going to get destroyed. I really did. And it started off like they were going to get destroyed. They went up, what, what, did, what did Buffalo go up? 14 nothing, or something like that to start uh, the game or something? Who? A Baltimore? Um, the, bill, the Bills. The Bills, yes. First quarter, yes. 14 nothing. And then all of a sudden, like I said, big game Josh became sloppy Josh. Turnovers. And then, matter of fact, it was 17 nothing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then somehow they came storming back and actually took the lead off of another turnover. And all of a sudden, it became a game, and then you, you're on pins and needles. And somehow, Miami just, you know, like I said, Miami backdoor their way. They did the ultimate backdoor their way in. The You know, got lucky. You know, they played the Jets, and they don't have no offense. So, I mean, they should be very glad that they were in the playoffs, and they actually gave Buffalo a hell of a fight. And, you have, and, and it's funny because in all three games, they could have beaten Buffalo. I mean, they beat them earlier in the year, but – they could have beaten them a few weeks before and then in this game. So, my goodness. I mean, Miami played Buffalo well. 
and that's hard to believe. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, it's a mystery, but whatever. Huh, I could go anywhere with my disappointments. Obviously, I could go with the Vikings, you know, just, you know, but nobody was just surprised that that happened. The Chargers, obviously, we beat the door, we beat the door on their asses. Huh. So, I mean, Brett Maher would be a, would be a, a, interesting, but we have to go with obviously a team. Well, uh, I did. What, who, 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 I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the disappointment probably is the fact that I can go with uh with the Ravens. The fact that the time management they ruined the clock management when they actually had a chance to tie the game. They actually had a chance to tie the game. And and John and John Harbaugh just did not want to care about the clock. He didn't care about the clock at all. And for whatever reason, you know, they kind of blew their chances to even take this game into overtime. They really did. And it's a damn shame because, like Miami, they they nearly pulled it off. They had their quarterback, but it's a really a shame because, I mean. I had a feeling it was going to be a game. It was a game. I would have been so shocked that they would have won, and they should have won when you look back on it. So, But we have dummies of the week that next season will be my personal. Y'all, y'all can put in one. If y'all want to put in one, y'all can do a vote like, like Washington. <laughs> but <laughs> the dummy of the week, obviously, is Brett Maher. The fact that <laughs> the fact that he missed on four consecutive extra points, and you said five going back to the Washington game, mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And he <laughs> should be very lucky the Buccaneers just mailed it in. Brady and them mailed it in because if Brady had to come back and they won, Brett Maher would not be a Dallas Cowboy today. He would be on the streets. Yes. he would have been released. Jimmy Johnson <laughs> damn sure would release him. I don't know about this this Cowboy group, but Jimmy Johnson damn sure would have said, see ya, sucker. We'll send you the check. I mean, that's a ridiculous. He is the dummy of the week. The fact that you just, you know, and, and the fact that you have a straight face when they won the game. The hell out of here, man. Like I said, they can't, he can't do that this weekend. Not against the 49ers. He can't goof up this weekend. We'll see how many chances they actually get to score in that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, I'll give you my dummy of the week is it's is gonna be shared. The entire San Diego coaching staff. Yep, but I said San Diego on purpose. <laughs> that coaching staff dummies. Just dumb. You got a gift after gift after gift handed to you. And what do you do? No, we're not going to run the ball in the second half. We'll just keep on passing. Give Jacksonville a chance to catch up. Stop the clock <laughs> as much as we can so that our leading rusher has zero rushing yards in the second half. Zippo. <laughs> yeah. So well, they are the dummies of the week. Yeah. Something we'll be debuting full time in season six this September. But that's all we have for this episode. Like I said, I will get in touch with Matt here about about what he's going to put together in our picks for Friday show. 
we will be previewing the divisional round as Chris Berman has mentioned many times, the best weekend in football. We'll see. We'll see if it lives up to it. But obviously, we'll see where we go with our picks. Obviously, the Eagles will be a part of it this time, knowing that they will go after there. So a lot to put into for this weekend's games. So Kwame and I will be back Friday night. Sounds like a plan.